to Beyond Well. I'm Sheila Hamilton, and this is a program for people who want to learn more about our interior lives. Today, we are joined again by Dr. Jim Polo. Dr. Polo, when did you come to the conclusion that bullying is never going to go away? You know, when I was in training as a child psychiatrist, uh, I I was in my uh, 20s still, and I had young kids myself. And one of the things about seeing young children when you're being trained is you get to work with a a mentor that's, you know, you you see the patient, you get to meet with your mentor, you talk about what you, what you did in the session and what you talked about and so forth. And one of the things that I, that I, I remember bringing up early in my training was the fact that so many kids that came to see me, although they were suffering maybe from depression, lack of esteem, troubles fitting in, but bullying was clearly a component of, of what was going on, that it was contributing. And I remember my mentor telling me, you know, bullying is something that, remember, it's not really normal, but it's common. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, from a societal perspective, there's, there's some reasons why bullying tends to exist and probably why it's going to be very difficult for us to ever eradicate it totally. And I, and I, I didn't understand that. You know, because I I was raised in a family where we were, you know, taught not to bully others. Uh, but I started thinking about it and remembered that as a child, I was bullied. Mm. And, and I had some bad experiences with, with bullying. So what my mentor told me is he said, remember, humans are relational, connected people. We are driven to belong in groups. And one of the ways in which groups define themselves is by recognizing who's not part of the group. And that many, 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 you know, generations ago, belonging to that group impacted your survival. I mean, it was all about survival. So you needed to belong essentially to that tribe of people that you could identify and something had to make you fit in so that you could be protected. So as humans, we we yearn to fit in. And I started thinking about that. And sure enough, I remember as a young kid, I was always struggling with how to fit in because I simply wanted to belong. Well, unfortunately, therein lies part of the problem because there are some kids that the, their way of belonging is by pushing others out, bullying. And, and of course, that creates all kinds of conflict for kids. So when you put it in the realm of social willingness to want to belong, who is it that gets to decide who belongs and who doesn't? And do you think bullying is an innate behavior or a learned behavior? Bullying in and of itself is likely not an innate behavior. It is a response actually more likely to to internal feelings that are challenging. But it can be a learned behavior. And what I mean by that is there are some children, for example, that are bulliers. And they learn it in their homes because they're bullied by their parents. This is not uncommon. You know, that a child that is being beaten turns around and that's their way of handling their emotions. Generally, when you look at it from the lens of a bullier, the bullier tends to be an individual that has low self-esteem, tends to be an individual that uh, has challenges where they themselves are trying to figure out how to make up for something that they don't feel inside. Mm-hmm. And what's really striking is they often bully to intimidate other kids into feeling exactly what they themselves already feel. 
My heart has been breaking for the parents of bullied kids whose stories have been that during quarantine, they say there's been a great relief for their families because their kids don't have to deal with in-person school bullying. So as kids transition back, do you have any word of guidance for these parents? A, how to detect if bullying is going on, and B, what to do if there is bullying? Yeah, I think the first thing to, 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 to remember is that bullying comes in many forms. And there is a part of childhood development where kids will have conflict that they have to work out. It's not necessarily bullying per se, okay? Mm-hmm. Kids might fight over a ball, for example. And if one is bigger than the other, you know, the, the larger kid's probably going to prevail and get the ball. And that may not necessarily be bullying. So bullying comes in all forms. There's individual bullying, there's group bullying, there's verbal bullying, there's physical bullying. Of course, now we have cyber bullying, which is, which is horrible. But bullying is actually very common in school age kids. You know, 20% of all kids report being bullied. And generally, the bullying occurs in the school environment. It occurs equally in the classroom as it does outside the classroom. Okay. So kids are very creative in how to bully other kids. And it's, it's about harming, humiliating, intimidating, coercing, or, or trying to denigrate somebody else that, that that's what bullying ultimately is, is all about. Now the challenge is because it's so widespread, uh, the reality is that you have to have solid programs that do indeed teach children not to bully. And in fact, in this country, we have done that. Over the last 15 years or so, reported bullying in schools has actually dropped. Wow. It has. It used to be about 28%. Now it's about 20%. So there's no question we should be doing that. But I think at the same time, you have to help kids understand how to handle bullying. So I'll give you a personal story. Never forget this. We had moved from one city to another, and I was starting high school. You know, I was younger. Uh, substantially than the kids in my age group. You know, as a ninth grader, I hadn't even hit puberty yet. And and so all the kids were bigger than me. And I felt very self-conscious. I was getting picked on and I was getting picked on because I was smaller and because I was the new kid. Well, my dad decided to go and make a big deal of this at school and it only got worse. Then I got bullied because I had to have my dad protect me and my older brother was going to beat people up and so forth. And, you know, when I look back on it now, the bullying wasn't really anything substantial from an adult perspective. I wasn't actually beat up. I didn't fear for my life, but I remember every single day feeling picked on, made fun of. I would take the long way from one class to another just to, to avoid people. And truthfully, I didn't really feel good about myself. And I didn't want to participate in sports because I didn't want to be made fun of and so forth. But what I learned in that episode was never to tell my, my dad again because it didn't help. Now, luckily, you know, I managed to kind of get through it. But because of that, I think it's very important for parents to really have some tips on how to handle bullying. And of course, one of the first signs is even just recognizing or identifying, you know, that your child is being bullied. One of the key things that parents can always do with their kids is just talk and listen to them. Ask them how their day went. Ask them what's going on. You know, how were things in class? Which uh, class do you like or whatever? And Generally, in the course of just hearing about their day, you'll eventually hear little subtle things like, I don't really like John. 
I don't really like history class. And if you, if you just probe carefully, you could sometimes find out that really what's going on is there might be some people that are picking on them that they don't really like. And it can be minor picking, minor bullying, but it, it can also be major bullying. For kids that are being bullied, generally they're much higher risk for developing anxiety, depression. If that bullying is persistent over time, depending on the child's emotional makeup, it can really harm their self-esteem. They may withdraw from being activities or they may never even want to be in activities. Their school grades will go down. So, you know, and obviously there's the obvious sign. Child comes home with a black eye. I mean, you know, they got into a fight and as a parent, you need to listen carefully and so forth. But once you come to the thought that your child is being bullied, there are some specific things that you kind of want to be careful on how you do them. So what are the specific things folks can do not to do as your father did? And, and, and you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to disclose something. I made the same mistake as a parent. <laughs> I had one of, we had just moved. I had one of my children that was being bullied. Uh, and I went to the school to talk to the principal and I probably overreacted a little bit. And luckily the principal was really attentive and, and she coached me. But, but here's the first thing. As a parent, you, the first thing you need to do is just listen to your child and just validate the fact that they're having an experience that doesn't feel good. More often than not, what a child is first trying to kind of express is that something is happening to them that just doesn't make them feel good. And that that not feeling good about that is actually normal, you know, blowing it off and underreacting. Oh, boys will be boys or just ignore them. That's not a good response because that makes the child potentially think I'm there's something wrong with me. I shouldn't feel bad because they're calling me names. So I'm just going to accept that. And that's not a good strategy. Now, by the same token, parents shouldn't overreact. So for example, if you're, if you're going to notify the, the school, which actually is, is a good recommendation, you want to stick to the facts. You don't want to allow your emotion to overwhelm you because overreacting in and of itself can also just create more challenges uh, for the child. I, I generally do not recommend reaching out directly to the family of, of a bullier or reaching out as a parent to the bully, but rather notify a teacher, notify a counselor, and just let them know, hey, factually, here's what's going on. My son doesn't like it. I am coaching him, but I want you to be aware because remember, most schools have a no aggressive tolerance type approach. So, so the other thing is that, you know, my dad did this too, you know, why don't you hit back? Well, generally hitting back is not a good strategy and it's not even a good recommendation because you're essentially encouraging the child usually to do what somebody else is already doing. So that doesn't really work very well. Now, keep in mind, there are some times where a child will, you know, aggressively kind of attack another kid. I'm, I'm not suggesting the child shouldn't defend themselves. I'm not suggesting that the, the child should just allow themselves to get beat up. But getting back at them or then turning around and trying to do something in retaliation, those kinds of activities don't usually work. That usually just creates even more conflict. Now, it's very important that when a child is being bullied, that the parents not blame or criticize the child. Bullying is never the individual's fault. Nobody goes out there and does something on purpose to get bullied. But kids don't necessarily see it that way because kids are very egocentric. That means they, they tend to see the, the world around them only from their perspective. So if they're getting bullied, they may interpret or think or assume, well, it must be me. And usually when they come to that conclusion, it must be me 
really what they're saying is there's something wrong with me. There, there's something defective. In fact, sometimes they won't know why they're being bullied. They will simply know that there's something wrong with me, which of course is, is not true. And so it's very important that parents not criticize or blame the child, but rather support and encourage. Studies have shown that when children you know, reveal bullying, what they want from adults more than anything is first support and validation, as I highlighted, and they want advice. They don't really want the adult to solve it for them. But here's the problem. If you tell a kid, just figure it out on your own, they won't. This is where they do need advice. There might be some things that, that, that a child can do. I'll give you a, a couple simple examples that parents can, can do with their kids at, at a young age. So for example, uh, esteem is a lot about what you project externally, okay? And oftentimes, kids that have low self-esteem, they tend not to look up. They don't look at people directly. They sometimes look away. They kind of tend to walk a little bit more tentative. So, you know, one of the things that I encourage parents is teach your child to look at people in the face when talking to them. Teach your child to walk confidently. These are ways to help bolster your child's self-esteem. Recognize the talents they have, point them out, and encourage them for it. Not all kids are going to have the same talent. So find your child's talent, encourage that talent. Next, parents should encourage their kids to make friends and make new friends. Very often when kids have lots of different friends, they have a different version of themselves that they share with different people. And this allows them to kind of let down with people they're closer to in terms of being their real self. When kids are having difficulty fitting in, making friends is really about finding other people that essentially you can fit in with. The other thing I, I, I strongly recommend is I recommend parents of both boys and girls to encourage their children in sports activities, to encourage their children in physical activities, because by default, children, they're kind of awkward. They're learning how to use their body. They're learning movement, motion, et cetera. And of course, puberty creates all kinds of changes. Studies have demonstrated kids are very sensitive to their bodies. And so by encouraging sports activity, what you're actually doing is you're encouraging your child to develop, but you're also increasing their esteem in terms of pushing them to want to excel in some kind of activity which generally we applaud. You know, if, if you're on a football team, you want to win. And if you win, you feel like you did something good. And if you were part of the team and you played for five minutes, you feel like you were part of that. All of that contributes to a stronger sense of esteem. I want to get your thoughts on in-person bullying versus cyberbullying. Now, during the pandemic, of course, kids have been staying at home. So there's been less of a problem with, you know, being bullied in person, but cyberbullying actually has, has, has actually continued. Now, there are some basic things, basic things that, that parents can do. Um, first of all, you can certainly teach your child uh, to block people. Uh, you can teach your child to report. Certain apps actually have ways that you can report bullying and the app developers or the app owners, I should say, uh, have some responsibility and have the ability uh, in some cases to curtail some of that uh, behavior. Um, you can encourage a child to disconnect. So there are some ways to effectively kind of uh, limit cyberbullying, but the approach to bullying for cyberbullying is not really that much different. Uh, and one of the things that a parent should try to do is first of all, teach your child how to actually talk 
and report that bully. And there's a couple simple steps, you know, what actually happened factually, mm-hmm. who actually did it factually? Mm-hmm. How does this make you feel? What is it that is making you feel and whatever is making you feel that's your normal response. And the feeling hurts. What have you done so far to stop it? And then offer to your child what are some recommendations, strategies of encouragement on how they can begin to handle themselves? And just like you would tell a child for, you know, bullying at school where, hey, you need to just walk away. You don't need to be, you know, involved with those people. They're, you know, they're not interested in things you're in. Just walk away. You can teach a kid to walk away from some social groups on media. Okay. But cyberbullying is definitely a problem in the sense that it's also very hard for parents to be aware of what's going on. You know, there aren't too many parents that are on the same groups with their kids. Now there are some apps that allow parents to monitor kids to some degree. So, but cyberbullying does really create some challenges for, for some kids, particularly when whatever they're being bullied is out there forever to be seen forever, at least in their mind, it's forever. In preparation of our discussions today on bullying, I looked up bullying and suicide, and there have been three suicides just since kids started transitioning back to school. All of the parents reported those children had been bullied severely. So the school likely wasn't doing enough, was overwhelmed with complaints. I want to give some guidance to parents whose kids might be hurting psychologically. And if there's anything that a parent can do short of pulling the kids from school and taking them somewhere new. Well, first of all, suicide is a very important issue. This has been looked at in so many different ways. Bullying in and of itself doesn't really lead to suicide. The challenge is that bullying very often creates enormous problems with a sense of self-esteem, It can lead to anxiety, depression. It could lead to withdrawal. It can lead to lower academic performance. It can even lead to dropping out of school. It can lead to social limitations. And those things are generally what then contribute to a child feeling like life is not worth living. There are some kids that do report bullying, but they're able to get through it in such a way with encouragement and with adult supervision, and they feel validated and they're able to figure out how to kind of manage through it in such a way that they don't become severely uh, depressed or, or, or they don't necessarily have dropping academic performance. And, and by default, they're less risk for suicide. Now, what's interesting is when you look at the bullies themselves, bullies are more likely to be antisocial. They're more likely to have criminal behavior. They're more likely to have low self-esteem. They're more likely to have anxiety. They're more likely to use drugs and alcohol. And in the future, they're more likely to be isolated. Bullies generally do not become gregarious, open, connected adults. They usually become isolated adults with low self-esteem. So they are actually at risk uh, for depression, anxiety, and, and suicide as well. So when I look at it from the child perspective, I look at both sets, children that are bulliers, children that are being bullied, has kids that simply need to learn how to really fit in in a way that they can feel good about themselves. If a child feels good about themselves, first of all, they are less likely to bully other kids to feel good. And if a child feels good about themselves, they are generally less bothered when bullied. It just plays out that way. 
to your point about kids who are bulliers, that they're often been bullied themselves, how do you leave a parent with a self-assessment of whether or not they are actually bullying their child? Because I think some people don't even recognize in the way that they speak or act toward their child that they have become bullies. Yeah, there are some parents that are very, um, what's the right word? They're not abusive per se, but they exact extremely high standards of their child or they're very critical of their child. And essentially they're bulliers. I'll give you an example. I'll never forget this. Uh, when, when my boys were little, I was uh, a coach for T-ball and baseball for years. I was in the same community. So I had all the same kids for about five years in a row. I watched them all go from, you know, T-ballers to young pre-high school baseball players. And, and of course, at that age, it's not really about whether they're really athletic. It's about, do they know how to play the game and will they participate? I remember kids, you know, sleeping in the outfield. It's like, Johnny, wake up, stand up. The ball might come to you, you know? So, but I remember um, I had this one parent that, oh my gosh, his child was like six, I think at the time. And he, you need to play and you need to catch the ball and you got to hit and you got to be better than the other kids. And he put so much pressure on that child at the age of six to perform that you could tell the kid was anxious every time his dad was there. And when his dad wasn't there at practice or when his dad didn't show up for game, this kid was, you could just tell he was less anxious. I actually ended up engaging with that dad. I knew him pretty well and, and he's not a bad guy, but I said, I think you're being a little bit too hard on your kid at the age of six. And you may end up pushing so hard. He doesn't even want to play baseball. And he's actually one of the best kids on the team. Uh, and here's the funny thing. I wouldn't be surprised if one of the reasons why he was the best kid on the team was because his dad was pushing him and he felt the child felt like he had no option. And so he did spend a lot of time practicing and he did put a lot into it. And consequently, he got better, but he wasn't he wasn't happy about it and he wasn't having fun. So parents can sometimes bully their kids without realizing they're kind of bullying them when you when you put pressure and, and so forth on them. And obviously, there are some parents that are much more direct who really do actually beat their kids. I'll never forget another story from childhood. Now, this didn't happen to me, thank God, but I had a kid that lived about four doors away. He was that kid that, you know, had failed like third grade or something. So he's older than kind of all of us. And I look back on it now and I realize that he probably felt less than compared to others, but because he was bigger, he was constantly picking fights and beating up on one kid. So I remember one day he beat the kid up and the kid's parent went and told the other parent, your son hit my kid. If he hits him again, I'm going to call the police. Da, 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 da. Didn't think anything about it. The very next day, that kid didn't want to come out to play. And when he finally did, he had a black eye. His dad had beaten him up for being a bully to the other kids. So this poor child was essentially, because you asked this earlier, he was obviously getting beaten and simply repeating that same kind of behavior against other kids. And then his punishment for bullying other kids was getting beaten up by step. Dr. Polo, could you give people who witness adult bullying toward kids some tips and advice on how to approach the bullying parent? I mean, how does one intervene in a parent who's bearing down on their kid at the little league practice or in the checkout line without being out of context or invasive or even inappropriate? You, you know, I think the thing that I would offer, first of all, for every parent is remind yourself, every child has gifts. Every child has talents. Every child 
simply wants to be recognized and loved by their parent for who they are. And it doesn't really matter what those talents happen to be. It doesn't matter whether it's an athletic talent, a musical talent, a a studious talent. Uh, The best thing a parent can actually do for any kid is simply love them, encourage them, talk to them, build their self-esteem to do whatever it is that kind of makes them feel good about themselves as they grow up into this world. What I would also offer to all adults, don't sit as an innocent bystander when you see other kids potentially bullying or getting bullied. As an adult, step in to help bring that situation back under control without emotion, you know, but being calm. You know, I have the advantage when I was a baseball coach, that example I used, you know, I knew this gentleman and he knew I was a psychiatrist. So I kind of joked about it. I said, hey, listen, I want to give you a little parental advice as a psychiatrist. So, so, you know, my advice would be if you have a friend, an adult that you're worried about, figure out a way to bring it up in a gentle, non-accusatory way and more as an observation. Hey, you know, I'm really noticing. And what I, what I had said to this father is, you know what I'm really noticing? I just got to be honest with you. Your kid's good baseball player. You don't need to worry about that. He actually plays better when you're not around. <laughs> and, I th- and, and I told him, I said, I wonder if it's because when you're around, he feels so pressured to perform that he can't focus on just playing. He's focused on you. Yeah. And he goes, what do you mean by that? I said, well, think about it. You're the only guy that keeps telling him, you know, you got to hit, you know, before the third strike and this and that. And, and I just pointed out observations. I didn't accuse. I didn't tell him he was bullying. I just offered factual information and let him come to his own conclusions. But the reason why I highlight that is that one of the things, and in fact, this has been in the media lately, when you see bullying happen, it doesn't matter whether it's kids or adults, bystanders, if you're sitting around doing nothing, you're just contributing to the problem. Amen. I agree. So if you want to learn more about bullying, we have some resources from the Zero Bullying Coalition at our website. It's an amazing group with thoughts on how to recognize and prevent bullying in your community. And Dr. Polo, thank you again. If you have any feedback or a topic in mind that you want us to take on, please leave us a review and send us an email at Sheila at beyondwellwithsheilahamilton.com. Make it a great day. Mm-hmm.